This is The Art of the Hookup, your straightforward guide to a successful sex life. I'm Georgie Wolfe, an Aussie escort and total hookup enthusiast. Welcome to episode 24. For a lot of folks, getting it up is a big issue during a hookup, and it's understandable. Popular culture tells us there's nothing worse than erection problems, but I totally disagree. To find out why I really love guys who can't get it up, listen in as I speak with sex coach Lorraine. Before we get started, just a reminder that this podcast is adults only. And with that said, let's get into it. Hi, this is Georgie here. I'm a writer, sexual adventurer and independent escort from Melbourne, Australia. My mission is to talk honestly about all the stuff you need to know to have a great hookup, and by that I mean finding the people that are right for you, negotiating amazing sex, and walking away feeling good about yourself. This episode is about a pretty sensitive topic, erection issues. I know so many guys who give themselves a hard time when they can't get it up, but not getting a hard-on is a pretty normal issue for all sorts of people. I'm even going to go one step further and say that I really love getting with people who have trouble staying hard. This episode, I'm talking dick problems, what to do about it and whether it matters with intimacy and sex coach Lorraine. Hi, Lorraine. Hi, Georgie. It's really nice speaking with you and we're good friends. We go way back, but this is our first podcast together. So I'm super excited about this. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I think this is going to be really fun and this is the perfect topic for you and we'll find out why shortly. But like before we get into that stuff, can you tell us a little bit um, about you? Yeah, thanks, Georgie. Um, so I've been in the sex industry for about 23 years now. Um, I started in entertainment and then moved into pleasure, bodywork and coaching. Mm, so when you say entertainment, you've done more the more standard kind of sex work stuff and at the moment you work in sexual coaching? Yeah, I started off stripping, um, working for an agency and then moving into clubs and I sort of gradually moved into the self-help areas, initially for myself, um, and then I started learning how to help other people. Mm. And the crossover between working in entertainment and working in sort of healing modalities, it, it, it's been incredible. It's mind-blowing. I reckon a lot of people listening pro- are probably going right now, like, what, 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 what does she even mean by healing and um, sexual coaching? What even is that? Is that a thing? Is that a thing you can do? Well, like, what, what's that about? Oh, it's helping people to be in their body. So what I mean by in their body is to feel what's happening and to slow the whole process down so they can connect with themselves and with their partners a lot better. Mm-hmm. So it kind of sounds like it's about enjoying sex more by learning to tune in with your body. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So um, the reason I've invited you to join me on this podcast, this is actually a really big one for me. This is one of my favourite topics. Mine too. Um, and I reckon you'll have a lot to say about this um, due to the work that you do with people. I, I think that that standard sort of straight hetero culture kind of makes out that uh, like having a, a hard dick or an erection is like the the first step to good sex. Like to have good sex, firstly you've got to have a hard dick and unless you can do that, uh, like nothing else happens. And so, and there's all this, this sort of pressure on, um, on people to, to get erections and to have sex for ages and stay hard without coming or without coming too quickly. 
um, it's 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 a lot of pressure. So so this idea of not getting it up, it's this like um, you know we see it as like the worst thing that could possibly happen to a guy during sex that it's humiliating and it mean it means that they fail. There's all this like really full on shameful stuff around it, and I just kind of think that's bullshit. Would you say that this is a really um, normal issue for the people that um, that you see as clients, like worrying about erections and also just not getting erections or maybe like coming too quickly or losing your erection mid-sex, that sort of stuff? I say it's really common. I tend to use the word common rather than the word normal. Um, like what, what's normal? Oh, who, who the hell knows? <laughs> but, yeah, erection and ejaculation issues are, one of the most common things that people come to see me for if they have a penis, even if they don't, if they have um, a partner who has a penis and they're stressing mm-hmm. about that. And it's there's a lot of pressure um, and a lot of ridicule for people that I feel like it's unnecessary mm. and it becomes part of someone's identity. And that can be so distressing and it can lead to this feedback loop of creating the problem that we're worrying about. So worrying about having an erect cock leads to a lack of erect cock. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's a, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And this is probably a good time to maybe just also acknowledge the fact that um, that not all blokes have dicks, that, that if, say, you're a trans bloke, yeah. you might not have a an actual biological dick or like sometimes do guys that have um, had surgery or have had prostate cancer, for example, might not be able to get a hard on or people who've had spinal cord injuries can't get hard ons. Like there's tons of reasons why people either might not have a dick or might not have an erection, but these people still have sex lives, right? Mm. And sometimes teaching people, um, one of the things that I do is teach people how to learn to feel pleasure um, feel orgasmic sensations and even ejaculations um, without getting an erect penis. Um, sometimes this can lead to people getting erections who didn't think that they could get one before. Because of the head stuff that you've just talked about, right? Because if if we label ourselves as failures, if we walk around telling ourselves that we're shit in the bedroom because we can't get an erection, um, that that's just going to become a self-fulfilling prophecy and it, it will never happen because of all that shame and anxiety? Yeah, but there's more layers to it than that. I've, I've worked with people who've had um, certain illnesses and certain surgeries and the doctors have told them, you're never going to get an erection again. And they've come to me and I said, okay, well, we'll learn some ways that you can still feel pleasure, that you can still be intimate. And through working through the pleasure aspect of it and that acceptance, sometimes the byproduct of that has been an erection. So sometimes the belief around I can't get an erection and the traumatic experience that someone has when they're told that can lead to that feedback loop of not getting an erection. Not, not with everyone, but uh, with a few people that's happened with, because there are some people that the nerves have been severed and um, some of the, the blood vessels can't fill up with blood and that's that's what an erect penis is essentially it's it's extra blood in the penis um, and if that's not physiologically possible to move in there then um it won't get erect and and like you know people are different in their physiology too in that 
some people have really good blood flow to their bits and some people have less good blood flow and that changes depending on how fit you are and how old you are and all that stuff, what medication you're taking. Like there's so many reasons why yeah. um, why you might get less blood in your bits. Yeah, and one of the things about blood flowing into the genitals and also into the digestive system is the person needs to be relatively relaxed. Um, if we're in a state of fight, flight, freeze, or flop, like we sense in that there's danger, the body instinctively sends that extra blood for erectile tissues and digestion into the muscles so that we can either run or we can fight to get away from this perceived danger. And the body's not, you know, registering that the perceived danger is sexual performance or relationship problems or illness that is perceived in the body. It's, it's just thinking, run, fight, get that blood where it needs to be. So the body is preparing you to run away when really you need all that blood to go to the bits you're about to use and that's not your legs. But of course our brain doesn't know that. Um, and what's more, what's more stressful than like, you know, getting naked with someone you've just met, like that's most people want to physically run away from that sometimes anyway. So I can see how that would probably kick everyone's nervous systems right into gear. Right. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, if, if someone experiences this once, then there's that fear of, oh my gosh, I've got, I'm going to do air quotes, erectile dysfunction. Now there's something wrong with, with, with my stuff. And then that can lead to what we were talking about before, this self-fulfilling prophecy. The person gets frightened. They think there's something wrong with them. So the blood's going into the limbs. It's not going into the digestion and the erectile tissues. And then you're in this situation, you know, maybe where your, your brain's going one way even though you want to go the other way and there's nothing worse than struggling with our own heads, right? Mm-hmm. So what I'm hearing from you talking about this, firstly, what I'm hearing is that you have literally performed medical miracles, <laughs> which is absolutely amazing, by the way. Imagine getting told that you could never have an erection again and then seeing someone who just magically made it happen. Like that is a fucking miracle. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. The, the shock sometimes on people's faces when they do get an erection from going through some of the techniques that we practice together, it's, it's beautiful. It's so good. The other the other thing that I'm hearing from this is that often the way to get an erection is to stop wanting it so much. And uh, this sort of sits with how I feel around coming because I I did a previous podcast episode where I talked with a um, sex therapist about having trouble coming. And it's for me anyway, and for a lot of people, I think the way to come is to not get so hung up on coming. And it kind of sounds like maybe the way to get an erection more successfully is to not get so hung up on on trying to have an erection yeah to, to take that goal away like to sort of our goal is just to go through the process together of being connecting and I think that's where a lot of the embodiment practices that I teach people such as deep breathing body awareness working with pelvic floor exercises it, it sort of takes the focus off all right I'm trying to get an erection or in the case of what you were talking about before, I'm trying to get an orgasm or I'm trying not to ejaculate, whichever one it is, or I'm trying to ejaculate depending on, on where you're standing. Um, it's, it's more focusing on what's happening in the body, what I can control, my breath, my muscle contractions, my awareness, and my connection with whoever it is that I'm playing with. If I am playing with someone, sometimes we're doing these things by ourselves as well. So I can sort of, I sort of empathise like with people, who've been 
told their whole lives, if you've been told your whole life that having a hard dick is the number one most important thing during sex, then suddenly that's no longer a thing. Or we're telling people, oh, you know, well, you shouldn't worry about getting a hard dick. You should worry about other things. What's the what are the goals? What are we really, what are we trying for with good sex, do you think, when we're not just measuring good sex by a hard dick? And I, you know, like, I know this is stating the obvious for a lot of people, like, there'd be a lot of people out there where dicks aren't involved in sex, you know, if you're, if you're not shagging a bloke with a dick, then obviously dick isn't that as important. But if you are, dick can become all consuming. Wow, I can't believe I just said that. Um, <laughs> the, you know, the, the idea that the, the dick is the thing that has to be working for sex to work it's it's kind of all consuming and if we take that away what do we replace it with what do we you know how do we know if the sex is good like what should we be enjoying if we're not just feeling good about having an erection sensation connection um having that space and time and energy to to put into these activities it's it's so beautiful Mm -hmm. and i I just want to mention julia when we're talking about um Mm -hmm. The person who owns the penis being having all this societal pressure there's also the partner of the person playing with the person who has the penis oh my and God, the, yes. sort of the vicarious stuff that come from that like I've seen so many clients who they've been okay with their erection or their lack of erection and they come and have a session with me and, and the erection tends to work fine and then they go back to their partner who has their own um, self-esteem attached to their partner getting an erection mm-hmm. and they get upset. So yes. for some people, if their partner doesn't get an erection, that means that they're not attractive. This is so much of a thing. I've talked to guys who couldn't get it up once because they were nervous or because it just happened because that's it happens sometimes with dicks and then their partner took it so personally and was so upset that they came away from it feeling pretty traumatised mm. and it meant that, that they that the next time around everything was so much harder yeah. because they weren't able to relax. Um, in fact, one of my one of my favourite things to do with partners, I love, here we go, hello, mum. You know, my mum's apparently just started listening to my podcast, so I'm trying not to self-censor. Oh, that's awesome. It is kind of <laughs> awesome. But, uh, yeah, hi, mum. And also I really love giving hand jobs. I just love hand jobs. And I love I love giving hand jobs, but mm. part, of the, part of the skill in that is not pressuring people to get harder to come. So I really love playing with someone. And then while I'm doing it saying, oh, I'm enjoying this so much. I don't even care whether you're hard or not, or I don't even care whether you come or don't. I'm just doing this, you know, because I'm enjoying it. And what usually happens is that that gives them the space to relax and actually feel confident. And often people come much more often when I say something like, honestly, I just don't, don't mind if you, you know, I don't care if you come or not. This is we're just doing this for fun, like taking that pressure off. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. When when I was doing my sexological bodywork training, we learned something called a soft cock massage. I think they've actually changed the name of that now to soft Ooh. genital massage to, to be more inclusive. But when I was learning, it was soft cock massage. And there is so much more you can do when you're doing a, a cock massage with a soft cock. Then if it's erect, you can move it in different directions. You can do specific strokes with it. And sometimes I'll play games with with, with my partners or, or with my clients and say, look, if we massage it this way, you've got to try not to get an erection now so we can do all these strokes. <laughs> and um, and that, that sometimes is, is really difficult to do. <laughs> 
Good reverse psychology. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I um I have a really dear friend who has just launched they're a sex therapist too, and they've just launched a course um about um soft cock pleasure for guys who have um, had prostate cancer because often that leaves people oh. unable to get an erection. So it's kind of about normalizing the fact that um, having a soft cock is you can still feel really good, and that feeling good is all you need. You don't need an erection to enjoy sex necessarily. And I think this is the thing that's the bit that's missing from the way we think about sex. You just don't need an erection to enjoy sex. And I, I know this from experience because I a lot of my partners and a lot of the people I've hooked up with are people who have trouble getting it up when they're nervous. And firstly, I think that's really cute. But secondly, it's just fucking awesome because it means that we can just experiment and we can just concentrate on whether something feels good and not about whether, you know, whether the hard-on's there. Yeah. I think as well sometimes when people have had specific pelvic surgeries, there can be a few different elements that happen. Like there can be um, a shock that the pelvis goes through kind of like what we were talking about before when it was an experience that someone had of, of not getting an erection and it leads to that loop. Sometimes the shock of surgery can stop um, yeah. a penis getting hard. And through these techniques, it sounds like your friend's doing an awesome course, through these techniques we can sometimes get an erection, even with some prostate procedures and surgeries. If, if the nerves are still intact, we can do anal mm not prostate massage because sometimes the prostate isn't there when they've had these surgeries, but massage around these areas mm -hmm. to release some of the scarring, to release some of the tension and the shock in there along with the breathing and the pelvic exercises. And sometimes we can get some blood flow moving into the penis through going in and doing mm -hmm. that urogenital body work. And that is just beautiful as well. But I think in order for that to work, someone needs to be really comfortable with their anus and anal play. Because you need to get into those areas and that can be hard for someone. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Like it really does sound like this whole issue of whether um, someone gets an erection or not or, or whether they come or not or even as, as you mentioned, like it's about everyone's body, whether people get wet or hard or whatever. It's so much more than just... Um, if you're aroused and if if you're attracted to the other person will happen there's so much more about where our head's at and where our body's at and and what sort of you know what our bodies have experienced and stuff like there's a lot of stuff going on mm. and and scarring scarring is a huge topic for me um oh really Doing scar remedial work can really really help with erections too I've worked with clients who've had old surgeries say they've had their um, appendix removed mm -hmm. or they've had their gallbladder removed or they've had a section of their colon removed and they have extensive scarring throughout their abdomen so it's it's blocking some of the blood flow down from the heart into the penis and then if we we add on top of that blood flow some experience that shocks the genitals like say um they have another procedure on their pelvis or they have a divorce or they have one of these experiences where they didn't get erect and it, it sort of lowers that capacity for blood to move down there there can be um massaging of, of the scar tissue in the abdomen and releasing some of that extra blood flow can it can lead to instant wow. erections, which is absolutely magical to experience. This is something that 
I can do for people, but I can also guide people to do it for themselves or their partner, say if they're, they're on the, the video call as well. That's incredible. So you're basically saying that an erection is a whole body a whole body thing. It's not just about your dick working, and I do that in inverted commas because I don't think that there's anything wrong with your dick if you don't have an erection. But it sounds like, oh, this, this is stating the obvious now that you've said it, but like getting an erection is a whole body exercise. It's about your head. It's about your scars in other parts of your body. It's about what's ha- what happened to you last week or last month or last year, you know, all that stuff. Like it all it all flows into that. Yeah, and, and your belief systems, if, if a figure of authority, a doctor has said, you're never going to get an erection again, then you might not, you know. But if, if you sort of can work with that traumatic experience of being told that and the whole body blood flow, then potentially you could. But, but letting go of that goal and letting go yeah. of, of that shame is such a hard process, but it, it can be done. The, the brain plays a bigger role than we think. And I have this I have this kind of theory, and I don't know, maybe you might have something to say about this. I call it handbrake theory. But I kind of, I feel like often we feel, especially when it comes to sex, we feel like we should just rush in and we should do everything and we should get it all right the first time. And I think sometimes our bodies are smarter than our heads. So like if we're in a situation where we've just met someone and we, we're super nervous or maybe the other person doesn't feel quite right. Maybe we haven't clicked as well as we should, but the sex is about to happen anyway and we're sort of pushing ourselves to it. Um, I kind of feel like sometimes our bodies just go nut. And I, I think this happens a lot a lot with blokes and I've had bloke friends who have been in a situation where they felt that they should have sex with someone but something was off or even if they didn't realise at the time that that in the back of their heads they'd pick that something was off about this person or the situation and so to sort of save them their body goes no no erection and it's gone and it's kind of like a a fail safe like it's a it's a safety valve if we're not comfortable if our bodies are going hang on a second you need to slow down something's not right but we're not paying attention then it will go okay no erection for you and sort of you know force things to a halt yeah that's an amazing way of putting it. I love that handbrake theory. Would you mind if I use that, Georgie? That's amazing. You can you can totally steal my lines. <laughs> <laughs> I will quote you though. <laughs> it's probably a bit overly, like it's probably a bit simplistic. Like I don't think not getting a re- an erection can happen for so many reasons, right? It's not just about that. But I have talked to some guys and I've observed some guys too who who said they said that they wanted sex because they thought that, they should never say no to sex, which is super common with people of all genders mm-hmm. that we feel pressured and we feel like we shouldn't say no for a whole load of reasons. But then there's still that discomfort, but especially with guys, but, you know, again, people with for all genders, but particularly with like hetero guys and straight guys, there's this idea that they're not allowed to show discomfort or go, oh, can we just wait a while? I'm not comfortable yet. And and that like it, it feels like um, you know, it feels shameful to say, oh, actually, I need a bit longer to get comfortable in this situation. They feel like they should just march on in and, you know, fucking, you know, steamroller over someone or whatever, and it should be fine. But but then that's what that's what our bodies are for. Our bodies are just like, uh, are there to save us. And I feel like for some people I know that that's what happens, that they've they've gotten into a situation 
and then they haven't been able to have sex with the person and afterwards they've gone and thank God because it was not right and I was I was not feeling great at the time and it's really lucky I didn't get that erection because afterwards I realised that the whole thing had been a really bad idea. Yeah. Yeah, that's an awesome way of looking at it. Um, and I, I think sometimes we shame can be the thing that um, – stops us but also shame can be the thing that pushes us to rush into those experiences as well so much because we're afraid to admit that we're not comfortable or we're afraid to say no or show vulnerability yeah i've experienced that myself like i'm rushing straight to penetration because i'm feeling some shame in my body and i want to just rush past that rather than unpacking it and having a whole response in this this loving beautiful moment that I'm experiencing so I'm rushing straight to that intercourse to to skip over that shame part and and it it can express itself in vulvas as well as in like a tensing and a tightening and Mm -hmm. we've got the erectile tissue as well hey this is what the sex escalator is for right if maybe if I'm feeling uncomfortable but it all feels too hard to have the conversation to just fall back on that sort of checklist of, well, I'm feeling uncomfortable and I don't know, I don't know what I want. So I'm just going to, I'm going to do the standard uh, missionary position sex thing and just hope it all turns out. Okay. Like just fall back on the standard script and never mind if you're not wet yet, or never mind if it doesn't feel right, get it. And that it sucks. And it's really bad sex too. I've done it. It's awful. Yeah. It's awful sex usually. <laughs> Any sort of forcing yourself through something like that, uh, the phrase forcing yourself through something and enjoying yourself like a two completely, the Venn diagram does not overlap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd like to ask you also, because we've been talking about erections, but actually there's probably a lot of stuff that goes on with people's bodies that gets in the way of sex or feels like it gets in the way. Like are there other body issues that pop up? Um, for the people that you work with, like uh, like um, like coming really fast comes to mind as well. That's a thing people can be really ashamed of. Mm, yeah, definitely ejaculating really quickly because it's it's sort of on the same pathway that we were talking about before. So some people might lose their erection if they if they get anxious or afraid of a situation, and they might not even be registering that they're anxious or afraid. It might just express itself Mm. in what the genitals are doing some people will ejaculate really quickly when they're anxious or afraid you know when when people um like say they're in they're in the jungle and there's a tiger chasing them they might defecate or they might weigh themselves that's the body getting rid of what it needs to get rid Mm -hmm. of to get the person out of there into safety and it's the same thing with um ejaculating Mm -hmm. it's just like okay, let's quickly resolve this situation, get this stuff out of the body so we can move on to rescuing ourselves from this dangerous situation we find ourselves in. Oh, that sounds so distressing. Mm. But it can, something like that can also be habit as well. And it's the same, um, we didn't go into this before with erections, but um, habits that people have, a lot of people that I'm seeing at the moment have got habits around watching a lot of porn and masturbating to porn and that can translate um mm-hmm. when they're with a person in front of them a human in front of them it can, it can have different mm-hmm. translations there so um i like to think of using porn sort of like in the same way i would use alcohol like i think porn mm-hmm. can be absolutely incredible it can be amazing and it can add so much spice but if we're consuming it 
all the time, um, it can start to cause difficulties. The same way with alcohol, like if we have a glass of wine with with lunch or dinner, it's it's not going to cause too many problems. But if we're drinking in a couple mm-hmm. of bottles with lunch and then a couple of bottles with dinner, we're going to lead to mm. problems further down the the track. Um, so bringing more variety and, into and this is a habit issue, right? Yeah, it, it's, it's sort of the neural pathways, the, the reward system in the brain is getting so hijacked by the porn um, that we're needing to consume sort of heavier and heavier and more and more and lots more variety of it so that when we have a flesh and blood person in front of us, the body's not registering that as an enticing sexual situation. Even if we are in our conscious mind, the, the deeper pathways are not mm. registering that as the arousal pathway that we're used to. Ah, oh, it sounds like it's a kind of exercising different brain muscles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that sex with a person is a different brain muscle to watching porn. And yeah. If we, we shouldn't neglect one or the other. That yeah, our definitely. Lives are really important. Um, but also sex with an actual person is important and we need to practice we need to flex both those muscles uh-huh. yeah there's some there's some amazing work with that uh, that one of my teachers Joseph Kramer is doing he calls it porn yoga and there's just some great stuff on the internet if, if people want to google porn yoga so ways of bringing embodiment practices into watching porn so it's not a case of just cold turkey get rid of it as opposed to yoga porn because that's a different thing <laughs> well you could you could do porn yoga with yoga porn and you could mix the two together i think <laughs> <laughs> sorry you were saying it's not a case of getting rid of it no it's not a case of getting rid of it it's more a case of learning how to be embodied while we're watching porn and watching it a little bit more responsibly so it's like instead of if we're going to use the alcohol analogy again, we're not going to completely be teetotal, but we're going to just have a little bit now and again, and we're going to drink or watch porn responsibly. And for some people that doesn't work. For some people it works better for them to have that clean break and just have cold turkey for a while. But I think for others, porn yoga would be really useful. I think it depends on the person and what works best for them and their body. It's not a set in stone um, way of, of just this or this, that. It sounds a little bit like the death grip problem. So there's some people who masturbate in a really specific way that involves a lot of pressure and then it becomes a habit. And then when that's the only way that you do sex with yourself, with this death grip, um, it's really hard for anyone else to get you off to the point where having um, having intercourse feels doesn't give you that required pressure or required sensation. But it's not it's not death gripping your dick that's the problem. It's the fact that it's the only thing that happens, yeah. right? And the fact that it's fairly, like it sounds like not, not really sort of kind of mindless like it's a mindless habit as opposed to sort of going okay I'm going to really concentrate on what feels good and vary the technique and slow down and pay attention it's just that going through the motions until it becomes a really fixed habit that can cause problems yeah I think some of this does stem from maybe a shame process of needing to get this over and done with before the parents come in and catch you when you're a teenager in your bedroom <laughs> I think we've all had a, an experience like that where we don't want to be caught masturbating yes. and building on that and building on that and building and that creates these habits but they can they can be shifted and changed and it, it doesn't mean that we never do those things as well it's just bringing variety and like you said and bringing more mindful practices 
getting getting more tuned into uh, to what actually feels good and focusing on the pleasure rather than focusing on trying to force our bodies to do what we want them to do because that's kind of a uh, can be a real losing proposition like we talked about. Yeah. This is kind of like why like I actually have a really soft spot for guys who can't get erections or find it really hard. I really love um I love getting it on with people who struggle to get hard-ons because I found as a generality people who often struggle to get an erection are so much more tuned into their bodies because they need to be yeah. they need to be more in tune with how they're feeling and they need to um they need to know how to do other stuff rather than just like hardcore fucking because that's not on the table sometimes they've had to look at other options and it means that they've got all these sex skills that sometimes regular people don't yeah and it, and, and valuing that connection and, and and sort of building that up rather than just rushing straight in for the penetration because like you said it's, it's not an option mm. often even the not rushing is really nice like i get really tired of people of this whole sex escalator, bang, 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 trying to, you know, trying to get to first, second, third base and trying to come as quickly as possible. Like I find that trying to rush through sex can kind of ruin mm. it anyway. So sometimes yeah. when erections are an issue, it means that we have to slow down and we have to firstly wait until we're both comfortable, but then we also switch things up because maybe halfway through sex they might lose their stiffy and then we go back to making out or we go back to doing other stuff and we wait again until it's the right time. And it just means that things are much more like open and creative and much less bang, 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 finish line type stuff. There's so many ways that a, a penis can present when someone says I have erectile dysfunction or difficulties. Um, like you were you saying there, someone is getting an erection and then they're losing it yeah. halfway through or someone gets an erection while they're masturbating but not with sex it's it's sort of a a, a blanket term isn't it erectile dysfunction or erectile difficulty for so many different presentations as well like say someone who um like we were talking about before has had their um nerves removed and their prostate removed so and and their blood vessels are not bringing blood into the penis then they wouldn't have any erectile or very, very little erectile blood flow moving into their penis um, as opposed to someone who can get erect at the start of lovemaking or get erect by themselves or get erect in their sleep. Mm. Um, that's very, very different um, mm-hmm. to say someone who, who doesn't get very much movement at all in their penis because there's still there's still blood flow going into there or, or it wouldn't it wouldn't be a part oh, of their body it would, it would drop off yes <laughs> but there's very little blood flow yeah this is really good to talk about it's really busting that sort of standard story of um uh dude didn't get an erection means he sucks in bed and he's mm. a failure as a man like that's the that's the story and i just think that the this, the reality is so much more complicated from what we've talked about. It's, um, you know, I um, I didn't really want to be there, so my body uh, put the brakes on or um, I wasn't in tune with myself enough. I was a bit distracted by work or I've, I had surgery and now, now my body's struggling to get the required blood flow, flow through. Like there's so many different stories about this that we just don't hear. Yeah, and... What a lot of people, what I see with my clients is as soon as their penis doesn't do what they wanted to do or what they expected it to do, there's this fear sets in um, of that there's something wrong with them. 
Um, and like I was saying before, there's so many different ways that this can present itself. Mm. Um, and I don't think of erectile dysfunction or erectile difficulty as um, a disease in and of itself. If, if there is something physically wrong. Or even a problem necessarily. Yeah. But if there is something wrong with it, we usually know about it. It's either um, it's a side effect of an illness that they already have, like you know, heart disease or diabetes mm-hmm. or something like that, and they know about it. Or it's a side effect of some surgery that they had that they know about. Mm. Or it's it's physical trauma if they've had an injury of their their penis they know about it mm-hmm. they're aware so the, there's the, the the physical ailments from something that a doctor would prescribe and then there is mm-hmm. penis didn't get hard throughout the whole of the lovemaking it was at the start and then it went down and and those things yep. are a lot easier to work with than the medically diagnosed erectile mm. difficulties it's not really a medical problem, is it? Like you're ha- having, unless you have a medical problem that's causing erection problems, um, not getting an erection is just a thing that bodies do, right? Mm. And the other thing that I notice in a lot of my clients is when they go to the doctor and the doctor says it's all in your head, then that sometimes can imply to the person that it's their fault, that they're bringing it on themselves. Yeah, I, I get excited when people say to me, the doctor said it's all in your head, because that means that there's a lot that we can do to work through this, whether it's learning how to feel pleasure without an erection or learning how to get in sort of through the, the back door, so to speak, sometimes quite literally to help with these erections. Do you, do you feel like in order for, particularly for straight guys, to um, to get past the not getting an erection stuff that, that is in their head, like... Does that always have to involve sort of accepting the fact that this thing about being less of a man because you don't have a heart on is bullshit? Because that's a pretty big, that's a big thing to get out of your head. It's a big thing to to deal with. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. And, and that, that can take some work. And if people get stuck on that, that can, that can block some of the work that we do together. Just on a really basic level, if – a friend came to you and said, oh, look, um, you know, I'm having trouble getting it up and I just feel like it means that I'm a failure. Like what's the first thing that you would say to them? Oh, what's the first thing I'd say to them? I'm sure you'd have a lot to say. Yeah. (laughs) I would start with letting them know it doesn't mean that they're a failure. And I'd probably give them some examples of situations can happen and, and things that I've experienced and mm. in my personal life and also in my job of different things that they can do in order to, to help them if they wanted some advice. Yeah, so things to try and that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. But generally speaking, like I, I kind of feel like it's also just really important to go the fact that you don't have an erection isn't really going to stop us from having good sex. Yeah. That it's not it's not the number one thing that we need. And I, I, I tell people, but mind you, I don't know whether it's ever landed really well. Like every time I've been with a, a straight bloke who's had trouble with erections, like my standard line is, well, you know, I shag chicks too. So obviously a hard dick isn't, <laughs> you know, strictly necessary in this situation. Yeah. Ha, ha. So you're fine. But they never seem to get that. They always look very confused and unconvinced. 
<laughs> but it's true. Like if I can shag a chicken, it's just as good as shagging a bloke. Then, you know, the dick is not the common denominator and it doesn't mean dick is worthless. Dicks are great, but it's just one, you know, it's just one thing, right? Yeah. And, and having, you know, a hard dick is only a small fraction of all the wonderful things that can be done that are very, very pleasurable. Exactly. And the other things are not the consolation prize. The other things are the sex. And this is what I think a lot of guys who um, struggle with erection stuff have come to understand that makes them so good in bed because mm. they, they understand that all the other stuff, the making out and the, the hand jobs and the uh, fooling around um, is just as good and just as important. Yeah. And I actually love the feel of a soft cock. Me too. It feels nice. It feels nice to touch. It feels nice to sort of rub against your face, rub against your genitals if that's oh. where you are with that partner. And I think depending on um, where someone's safety protocols or safer sex protocols are, playing around with a soft or a semi-erect cock um, around the genitals and inside the genitals can be a really beautiful sensation. Uh, actually, again, hello, mum. I really love going down on guys when they're soft. It just feels really nice. Whereas going down on someone when they have an erection, especially if they're bigger in the pants department, can be really exhausting and you get a jaw cramp and it's very, a very hard kind of experience. But actually going giving someone a head job that's soft, it's this whole other thing. Like the texture is different. It feels completely different, but in a really great way as well. Yeah. There's, there's a spot um, that I think most – uh, vulva owners have internally that, that can be sort of accessed once the erectile tissues are all moving and swaying that feels really really nice and most erect cocks don't generally tend to hit that spot no way yeah if you're able to get a semi-erect or a non-erect mm -hmm. penis into a vagina whether that's with an internal condom for, for safer sex or whether it's without mm -hmm. a condom Sometimes, and this is from personal experience, sometimes having a semi-erect penis, it can move in different directions that an erect penis can't move. And sometimes it can hit this spot and give amazing sensations. Oh, my God, where's this spot? Where is it? I need, I need to know the exact location. <laughs> so the way that I locate it is um, I would put a finger inside myself, usually with some lubrication, and this spot that I'm talking about, sometimes it's called the A spot, it's right curled around on the front side. Uh -huh. So it's, it's the side where the, the clitoris is facing towards the clitoris from internally. And it's uh -huh. in between the bladder and the uterus. Uh -huh. Have you seen the sex toys that are, are sort of curved and curly and they sort of go around in, a, in like a horseshoe shape? They're trying to hit that spot, that A spot. Huh. And this, this spot is all curled around at the back and it can only be accessed if we're relaxed and if we're very aroused and very erect. And our, our penis-learning partner, if that's who we're playing with, is not as erect. They can reach it. <laughs> that's so fucking cool. I've learned something today. What I'm hearing is that having like semi-hard-ons semi or not having a hard-on can actually enable you to do some stuff that you couldn't do otherwise. Um, and ex and experience some stuff that you can't experience otherwise because the feeling feelings are different and the type of the like the way that like the pleasurable stuff feels different as well. So it's kind of like almost worth giving it a try from all angles, so to speak. Literally all angles, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> that's a really valuable way to think about this. Um, this has been really good. Like there's a just a few ways of thinking about this that I hadn't really unpacked before. So this has been a good conversation for me. Thank you. I've thoroughly enjoyed talking with you about it. It's one of my favourite subjects. Dicks. Yeah. I could talk about dicks forever. I mean, I guess I, that's, that's why this podcast pretty much. It's just an, an excuse to talk about dicks and, and all the, and you know, the stuff. <laughs> yeah. If um, anyone's interested in um, learning more from you about this stuff or maybe if they've got some stuff they're stuck on, they need help with, where can people find you? At my website. That's the best place to find me, So. It's lorrainep.com.au. So that's Lorraine spelt like a quiche with a P on the end and then .com.au. And they can book in a session directly with my website or they can ask me some questions through the contact form on my website and that's how to do it. Oh, so good. Thank you. I wish this stuff was more well-known and I really hope that um, that this uh, our chat like helps helps you find more people that need to know this stuff because it's just so important. Mm, yeah, I, I, I hope that people hear it and think, you know, wow, there's so much out there for me and I'm not broken, I'm not less of a, a, a person because I have these things going on. It's It's really dear to my heart that people get that message. You know, erections are not necessary for good sex. Mm. Not getting one is just a thing that happens. And and most importantly, and this is something that's absolutely blown my mind, there's some stuff you can get up to that you can only get up to if you don't have an yeah. erection um, or if you've only got a semi-erection. And thank you so much for sharing that because, man, I've, I'm just so happy to have learned that. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. It's been a pleasure talking with you, Georgie. Thanks for listening. I hope it's been as good for you as it's been for us. If you want to learn more about great hookups, why not read my book? Check out artofthehookup.com to find out more. Please share this podcast with anyone you think might need it. Spread the word as well as the love, and let's make the world of hookups a better place. <laughs>